Hello, this is Mrs. Paranormal. It is a Sunday morning. It's about 9.50. It's already 80 degrees out, so I'm in my truck, sitting under a tree. And I've got the little, the, well, it's a river next to me. And baseball field to my left. There's a beer garden down and around the corner for me right now. So, well, it's about time I did another podcast. And I'm doing this one right now because my other, my original podcast that I have out there right now finally got 200 plays. So once I hit 200, I'm doing another podcast. Hope everybody's doing well and you're enjoying your summer. It's just now starting to get really warm here in Wisconsin. It was hot yesterday. It's going to be really hot tomorrow. Thank gosh for window air conditioning, huh? Or AC or car AC, whatever. So this morning I'm going to do my podcast, go do some errands, and then go home and start my newish, newish hobby. I am painting rocks. Rocks that I found from Lake Michigan. There's a park I can go to that has these rocks. And I'm going to paint them and then put them out and about around where I live. So yeah, so I'm going to, that's my newest thing. As well as a podcast and gaming and everything. So, hope you guys are all doing good. And if you want, you can email me at p-a-t-t-y-i-n-w-i-gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, paranormal stories, paranormal ideas, podcast ideas, I'd love to hear from you. Also, I wanted to tell you guys, please visit my Facebook ba- Facebook page, <laughs> Wisconsin Investigators of the Supernatural. The reason why I ask is because, ask you to do this, because my friend Michael just posted, because he was he's an investigator medium too, right? And he went on an investigation a couple days ago. And he posted basically the investigation on my Facebook page. So if you guys please go and take a look, read his story, leave comments, let me know what you think. I'd really appreciate that. So as I'm sitting here, I did find some stories that I'll go over with you here in just a moment. I'm just waiting for a car to pass by. All right. So one is going to be Scary Places. Uh, Let's see if I can find this one here. These are pretty good. I thought these were good stories. I don't think I read these yet. I think I saved them. See, I have another one I want to share. I just found. These are construction stories of construction workers that's had or come across ghosts or spirits or whatever it is while they're working. And um, hold on, I got to the brightness up on my phone so I can see it better. Appreciate you guys being patient. Oops, wrong one. Cancel. Hopefully no bees come in while I'm doing this podcast. Otherwise, I'm going to flip out. All right. So this one is spooky construction stories. You know, like I said, that construction workers have had. So the first one is called the North Arlington Haunting. One construction worker quit his job after encountering what he believed was the ghost of a young girl who had died on the site six years earlier. An old Victorian house had been sitting vacant for years, so crews came in to begin demolishing it to make way for a new building. I keep thinking I'm hearing buzzing. It's freaking me out. Hold on. Um, 
However, it wasn't long after the demolition started that one of the crew crewmen spotted a young girl inside the building. The girl was believed to be the ghost of the young Margaret February, who once lived in the house with her family before she laid to rest in, oh, at only 14 years of age. The poor man who spotted the girl couldn't handle what he had seen, immediately packed up and left the job site never to return. The crew eventually ceased the demolition project on the 99th anniversary of Margaret's passing. I wonder why they ceased. And why did they stop the demolition? It doesn't say. Hmm. The construction site entity. This terrifying tale is about a 29-year-old construction worker who moved to Virginia after work slowed down where he was living in Georgia. In Virginia, he got a job on a project at the North Folk Naval Base. The job was on a scale he wasn't used to at the time. The crew was building a five-story building from the ground up. The work was hard, but the pay was good. Such is life, right? Um, and the man was grateful to have found a job. He didn't care for the foreman much, but it didn't really matter so as long as he just minded his own business. About four months into the job, he sliced his middle finger wide open in a, in a piece of metal, but he didn't feel any pain. The cut was so deep that it had severed the nerves, and the doctor explained, you know, helped him and stitched him up. I don't know what that has to do with this, you guys. Anyways, with the sliced hand... The man wasn't much used for the heavy lifting. The foreman put him on light duty until his hand had some time to heal. The man didn't mind that much at first, as he received the same pay for doing little more than sweeping. <laughs> there you go. The, few, the first few weeks of this were fine, but then he started to get bored. To curb the boredom, he began to wander the job site. He explored all the hallways, and there were lots of hallways, lots and lots of hallways. Some of them didn't have temporary... Some of them didn't have temporary lighting installed, so they were pitch black. One day, he made his way up to the fourth floor, and most of the work had been finished on that level, so he found himself alone. He walked the floor, examining the space and peering down out the windows. All of a sudden, his ears began to ring. The sound of his pitching got louder and louder until it was unbearable. He dropped to his knees, grabbing his ears and crying out in pain. He felt nauseated. He tried to stand and barely managed to lift his head when he saw across the room someone standing at the end of the at the other end of the hallway in front of the window. He cried out to the person for help, but the person made no move. Though still in pain, the man managed to stand and make his way over to the figure. As he got closer, he noticed this. This thing looked quite strange. It was huge with small head dis disproportioned to his giant body. Its arms hung down past its waist, and it, have I read this before? It had long fingers hanging off each hand. The man could not make out the face because the light of the, from the window behind him made him appear to be a silhouette. As he got closer to the creature, the ringing in his ears intensified. When he realized this was not a normal person, he began to back away slowly as the thing stared back at him. When the man had almost reached the staircase to escape, the thing cocked its head like a dog and the ringing in the man's ears reached absolute excruciating pain. The man fell again, overcome by the pain. When he opened his eyes, he saw the figure disappear, and as it did, the ringing was silence. Never again did he wander the job site alone. So I'm kind of curious if this is true or not, because they're talking about when the man... I don't know if that was a true story or not. Um, so, I don't know. 
it's almost like I'm gonna go back to the beginning here. Point a construction worker. Well, who was telling this story and how do they know this story? Was did the construction worker share a story with this person? Did this guy interview go, oh, hey man, have you seen any aliens lately while you're on the job site? I'm doing this uh, article. Would you like to share your story? How did they get the story? Okay, whatever. If I've read these before, you guys, I do apologize. I try not to do that. Um, I hope I haven't. <laughs> the next one's called the Haunted Hall of Fame. A uh, fires, sorry. <laughs> not fame fires, Hall of Fires. <laughs> Start over, take three. The Haunted Hall of Fires. Many ghost stories originated from the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California. Sarah Winchester, heiress of Winchester Repeating Arms Company, was convinced that her home was haunted by spirits killed by the rifles that her family had sold. She was told that if she kept her home under construction constantly, the noise from the sawing and pounding would keep away the, the ghosts. So the, extra, the extravagant, oh my God, extravagant mansion went under construction in 1884. Continued for 24, and the construction continued 24 hours. I've read this before. One of the famous ghost stories from the Winchester house is said to take in place in the Hall of Fires, named after the count, countless fireplaces lining, lining the halls. A worker was on the ladder, finishing up some new trim. Suddenly, he felt a tap on his shoulder. He turned around, but no one was there. So he promptly fixed his attention back to the task at hand. That's when he felt pressure on his back, as if someone was trying to push him off the ladder. After nearly falling, the worker fled the scene, allowing the ghosts of some construction worker of the past to finish the job alone. I don't know. I don't know about that one. The Hall of Fires. I didn't know. That makes sense, right? Because of all the rooms and stuff, that totally makes sense. Oh, okay. You get the original source here. Okay. Ghosts of the Trent Severn Canal Lift Lock. I don't know this one. Make sure I'm still recording. Okay. Yeah, it's still going. All right. So, this story goes that years ago, construction was buried alive within the Peterborough Lift Lock in Ontario as cement was poured into the middle of the structure's three pillars. How do you do that? How in the hell do you get fucking buried alive? I don't get it. I shall read on. The deceased worker has been making his presence known on that job site ever since. Once a lift lock worker went down 70 feet underground to work on one of the tunnels below, he returned to the underground elevator and found a pair of hip waiter boots that had not been there before. Not only that, but they were standing straight up as if someone was inside of them. No one could explain it, and it scared the worker who found the boots. It scared him senseless, who found, the guy who found the boots. Lift lock workers say they experience unusual activity at the job site about once a week. Many report have heard echoing footprints off in the distance, and, e and when investigated, they find the footsteps lead straight into the middle of the pillar. There is one wrench that was quite outdated and took all of workers to lift it. Once, when the workers were having lunch, the wrench just flew off the table from where it was sitting, and they all watched it hit the ground. Now, this job site is considered to be one of the most haunted places in the city. Sometimes, it is too much for workers to handle, and many leave their jobs to take up labor that involves fewer ghosts. Hmm. Short, right? Short's good. I like short. 
What else do I have on here? <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't think I read this one. It's uh, regarding a restaurant. Here, old dog barking. Sounds like an old, big, old dog. There's two. Anyways, sorry. It only takes one incident from a place of business to get a reputation for the people who work there to feel spooked. Right? Right. A few years ago, this uh, <clears throat> owner was renovating the historic New England restaurant, which he had been a which had been a family home more than 200 years old. Once the incident happened, there was a constant worry about being alone, especially in the basement or the attic uh, for getting equipment for Sunday brunch or whatever, he says. A sudden change in temperature or sound was enough to make the people jump and start and run quickly to be with other employees. The restaurant business is tough enough without added challenges of scared employees telling the customers to each other their spooky stories. And any suspected ghost activity is more than enough to encourage that. Here's what happened, Tom says. When the restaurant was reopened after having been shuttered for several years, several employees said that they witnessed a coffee pot hover and sort of dance in the air. What? Dance in the air a few feet away from the actual coffee maker. It had apparently come out. Of, what? It was just like kind of hanging there as if it was suspended. When they walked in and saw it, it just gasped. It quickly dropped to the ground and shuddered. Um... Well, if that was a spirit, this is what I, I want to know, speaking of spirits and all that. If a spirit has, okay, so when we go ghost hunting, we ask uh, spirits to use our energy, right, to make something move, make a noise, pull my hair, whatever. We want them to use our energy because that's from science, that's how they, they are able to manifest so in order for a ghost spirit to pick up a freaking empty coffee pot question one where are they getting all that energy to pull that coffee pot up because in my mind when i speak think of a spirit i think of them as weak and they need our energy or they need your battery to pull the energy to make them stronger right so if nobody's in the room, how or where in the heck are they getting all that, that energy to pick up that coffee pot and, and hold it? If you have the answer, let me know, because I don't know. Unless, I mean, now, like, say, poltergeist. Everything is energy-based, per science. There's the little people on the boat going by in the water. How cute! She's got a little sunbonnet on. Oh, my God. And they got the dog in the boat. Oh, you guys, this is too cute. It's a little motorboat. Oh, sorry. Sideways. I got sidetracked. Squirrel. Hold on. Hold on. I probably hear it. Pup, pup, bye. That's an airplane. Hear it? Listen. That's adorable. They got their dog and everything with them. How cool is that? <laughs> oh, and that's cicadas in the trees. 
So, <laughs> okay, back to paranormal. Um, again, now poltergeists are usually um, manifested, they can be manifested by a human from, again, their energy, right? Their anger, uh, arguments that could be, there's so much energy built up from the human, it can actually generate a poltergeist of some sort for science. So again, how in the world can one ghost pick up a coffee pot? Because even without a coffee pot, without any water in it, yeah, it's kind of lightweight, but you need, you know, you need, you need to lift it. So how does a ghost have the energy to lift that? So that's my thought on that one. Um, yeah, I could see maybe pushing a pencil, right? Because pencils, they just... Um, unless, I don't know, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. One time I was in my living room. Now I had, I picked up a pencil and I put it in my, um, my dining room. I was sitting in the living room, but I put it in the dining room. And I remember I said it a specific way because I know that that room has a slight slant to it because it's a very old home. And I put it in a specific way because I'm like, well, I don't want the thing to roll off, right? So I laid it at a specific angle so it won't. It couldn't. I'm sitting in my living room and I hear a thunk. And it was a pencil, actually it was a pen, had fallen in the dining room. And I was totally baffled because I'm like, I purposely set this so it wouldn't and couldn't move. So my question is, down the rabbit hole, did that mean that the ghost used my energy to walk over to the dining room to move the pencil? I don't know. I really don't know. But in regards to the... Oh, shit. Did I just... I wonder now. So the person who was in the the employees, does that mean that the spirit used their energy, right? And went into the kitchen to lift up a coffee pot? For what reason? I don't know. Why would a, why would a spirit... Well, unless they want coffee. Like Casper and his buddies. You know, his, buddy, his buddies, they always like coffee. Um... I don't know. I wish I could notate that somehow. I wonder if Michael would know that. If I can be like in my living room, but the spirit is in the other room. If how? I guess my question is now. I'm going down to. This. <clears throat> how far do I need to be away from a spirit in order for it to use my energy? Does oh, oh this lady walking down with a little doggy. Looks like a little chihuahua. She's got a sunbonnet on too. Must be the the, the new thing this year, sunbonnets. <laughs> Anyways, um, so like say I'm in my like go okay okay say we go to a place that's really haunted right okay like the asylum here, Sheboygan County Asylum. You can check it out. They're ha they are having tours this year. No, I'm not doing it, which is fine. Um. Anyways, so I wonder when you walk into the building, do they start to use your energy right away? And they use it throughout so that they can use it in a different room, even though you're not there. And I mean, I guess, do they like absorb your energy, hold your energy and then run around your house or whatever and go, okay, I'm going to knock this over. I'm going to move that. I'm going to make this noise because she gave me her energy. Or do they have to be in the, within a certain feet of you to get your energy? I have never thought about that before until today. And I really don't, well, I have a friend I can ask. I don't know if you would know, but I have a couple people I can ask on that one. So I hope I remember you guys. I'll do a follow-up on that one because I 
I don't know. Because I know when I go and investigate, I'll tell them, use my energy. Meaning I'm expecting the spirit to be in front of me or near me to use my energy. Or like if they use my energy, can they hang on to my energy and then go to another room? Like an hour later, use that existing energy to, to make noise. Or I don't know. Wow, guys, I just, uh, I just freaking realized that. Huh. And I even have any, well, yeah, I had a little bit of coffee. So good to know my brain is alert. <laughs> so think about that, you guys. If you know anyone that may know that answer, would you please email me at P-A-T-T-Y-I-N-W-I-G-M-A-I-L.com. You can Facebook me, uh, Wisconsin Investigators of the Supernatural. But I'm serious. If you guys know that answer, or if that's a good subject to talk about, let me know. I'm really curious now. Although, you know, no offense to any of you guys. I love that you guys listen to me and you're all over the place, meaning all over the different states. But nobody nobody communicates with me. I only had one, one female who sent me some of her stories. And by no means, you guys, will you get popular or famous on my podcast. It's not going to happen. So don't worry if you're afraid of, oh, my God. No. No, I'm a, I'm a piddly little podcast, guys. I um, I don't get many listeners, which is cool. Why do I do this? Because I have not gone on investigations in a while. And this is my way of um, still being in the field, but not actively because there's nothing going on. All right, let's get out of this rabbit hole and get back to stories. All right, let's see. What kind of spirits are we talking about? The Australian College of Wine in Victoria, Australia, has been dubbed one of the most haunted workplaces in the world. The school was built around the site of what was once Australia's largest mental hospital. The Airedale Lunatic Asylum was built in 1864 on a 100-acre campus. The hospital closed their 60-building facility in 1998. It was reopened three years later as the Australian College of Wine. Even though the site has been repurposed, many still believe the place is haunted. Folks lead haunted tours on campus all the time, telling spooky stories to the tourists. One spot of particular interest is the old morgue, of course. Repeatedly, more than 13,000 patients died at the hospital during the facility in 130-year history. Wow. I should check that one out and do a podcast just on that one. Read the stories. So, happy Sunday, everybody. This is not the longest podcast, but that's okay, too. I hope you guys have a phenomenal, phenomenal work week, vacation, retirement, whatever you are doing. Or if you're on vacation, you're doing that summer thing, you're traveling around the different states. If you go through Wisconsin, wave wave at me when you go through Wisconsin. I know that Chris Williams is in town. She is in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, from Ghost Hunters. You know Chris Williams. And her and I had a little conversation on, on Twitter. Cause she's She made a comment on Facebook that she was here in town in Milwaukee. And that's like 40 minutes away from me. I'm like, what? And I'm like... Uh, you know, welcome to Wisconsin. And then she did it on Twitter. So I basically said, welcome to Wisconsin. I, um, oh, what did I say? I said, welcome to Wisconsin. Oh, how's your trip going so far to Milwaukee? You know, to Milwaukee. And she goes, and she actually replied. She goes, it's really, she goes, it's going great. Um, I said, cool. And I said, well, you know, I said, enjoy the weather, enjoy the scenery. And I said, if you're 
if you're here for a, what did I put? I put something down like if you're here for a, like a, a haunting, um, enjoy that. I said, otherwise, enjoying this scenery minus the bugs. And then she replied, she said, nope, no. No haunting, no hauntings, meaning they're not, no investigations, but she's going to be here for at least a week, and they're going to go be, her and her boyfriend staying at a, a lake house. So I told her, I said, hey, enjoy the weather, and minus the bugs, and the scenery will be worth it. She goes, it's been great so far. Right? So that's pretty cool. I like, that's why I like Chris Williams. She interacts with you. Uh, there's other people that I like to interact with on, they interact you more so on Twitter than Facebook, because, you know, Facebook, you get bombarded, well, not me, they get bombarded with so many freaking comments and shit, at least on Twitter, it's a little more personable, and she's very personable, she's very, she's, it's nice, you know, she communicated with me, and then, speaking of paranormal stuff, you guys, Josh Gates, my, like, major crush, I have had a crush on him for years, was in freaking Wisconsin, he was up north at the, um, uh, Little Bohemia, it's a hotel, and that's where the big Dillinger fight, or the big Dillinger uh, shootout went. So that was, I think, on Discovery. So yeah, Josh Gates was up here. That was that place is about two hours away from me. Me and my husband have been wanting to go to that. I'm not shitting you. And look who fucking shows up because he's a treasure hunter. No, Josh Gates. Yeah. So he got to see the, the, the bullet holes from the Dillinger. He got to see the, his, just some other stuff. It's really, really cool. It's called Little Bohemia. So, and now I'm sure a place is going to be fucking crazy because he visited there. The only thing about that place, the reason we haven't gone yet is because they only they open at like 4 freaking p.m. Because it's more like a supper club or something. And I think there's actually a hotel there or motel. Hotel. So that was neat. And then, yeah, I know, right? There's more. Amy Bruni was here. Chip Coffee was here. John Tinney. And um, Adam... I always, forget, I always forget his name. Amy and Adam. Anyways, you guys, you know from Kindred Spirits, right? They were here. Guess where they were? Take a guess. Come on. Yeah, you're right. They went to the freaking Sheboygan Asylum that I did a tour last year. That I did the tour guides last year. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, they did an episode there. It won't air in private until winter. But, yes, they were here. I want to say three weeks ago, because my friend Craig, I well actually I lie. Okay, Amy put a, a picture on Instagram. I'm like, and I saw the two people in the back. I'm like, wait, a minute, I know him and her. That's Craig and, and Melissa. I'm like, oh, and I see Amy Brun. I'm like, what the hell? So I instant messaged him. I'm like, Craig, what? What? He goes, yeah, they're here and they did a obviously it's a hush hush thing, you know, and they have these uh. Um, paranormal investigators come in, the, the popular celebrity ones come in, they have to keep it hush-hush, which I totally understand, and uh, they went through Chip Coffee and stuff like that, Chip Coffee, like I said, John Tinney, Amy Bruni, and Adam, anyways, they did a, an episode there, so that was really cool, you got, so, so you guys, if you watch Kindred Spirits, whenever that air airs, I will do, a, I'll do a brief podcast on it, You'll be able to see where I investigated and where I did the tours. <laughs> well, so did Destination Fear. They were the first paranormal celebrity team to go through. And now look it, right? I'm just waiting for Zach Baggins to get on the bus, although he doesn't travel that much anymore. Ghost Hunters, I bet you, I bet you Ghost Hunters will be next. Because if Amy Bruni went there, she's still friends with Jason and, and Steve and Tango. 
you sure ship I'm sure they're gonna be there so look at that it's becoming popular all right you guys thank you again so much for listening to my podcast and everything I just said was 100% true I am on Facebook it's patty um Twitter um yeah, hold on I don't know my Twitter page out of it if you want to follow me I am where am I it's uh, Patty at Wisconsin under, sorry, Patty at Wisconsin underscore Patty, I think is how you find me. On Twitter, if you want to see the conversation t- between me and Chris Williams, you're more than welcome to. Everything I just said about Amy Bruni, um, Josh Gates, that's all 100% legit. Um, the conversation with me and Chris was legit. So yeah, check it out if you want to. Oh, by no means am I famous. And... Please visit my Facebook page, Wisconsin Investigators of the Supernatural, and check out Michael's post about his experiences. He does make a mention about orbs. And I told him, I said, I'm not usually into orbs, but his, I don't know, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not into the orbs thing. But anyways, regardless, his story is really fascinating. He's a really good medium psychic. He gets a lot of activity. He talks about uh, communicating with a little girl. So please check that out if you guys are really paranormal people and you really like this ghost stuff. Check that out. Not because it's my page, but because I think Michael did a really good job at posting his experience. And if you have experiences, please make a post on that Facebook page. If you're not in the Facebook, totally cool. No worries. You can always email it to me and then I can read it on the podcast or I could put it on my Facebook page, whatever you'd like. So you guys all take care. And then when this podcast hits about Anywhere from 150 to 200 listens, I will do another podcast. All right, you guys, everyone take care. Have a great vacation. Whatever it is you're doing, please stay stay safe. Get in that swimming pool. Get into the lake. Stay cool. Enjoy your weather. Enjoy life while you got it in your hands. You know, just try to enjoy it. Look at all the green trees and just green grass and everything. You know, just really, really absorb it. Don't let other people get you down. You are in control, man. So, all right, you guys, I am done for this podcast. Thank you so much for wasting 30 minutes of your time. And I know you guys are in uh, United States, Australia, and England. I appreciate you. And um, really quick, the percentages is female-oriented. Uh, I think I'm like, it's, what, 45% female listeners. What's really interesting, the age bracket has changed again. It was 30 to 34 to 44 was leading and now it's like 50 to 60s which is awesome because hey man appreciate you (laughs) anyways you guys take care this is mrs paranormal signing off